Welcome to The Callover, a Queensland Law Society podcast that hopes to inspire a future of connected, capable and healthy lawyers. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we record this podcast, the Turrbal and Yagara peoples. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to the law men and law women who for tens of thousands of years ensured the peace, order and good governance of this place long before it became known as Queensland. I'm Georgia Afanasellis and today I'm speaking with the Executive Dean of the Faculty of Law at Bond University, Professor Nick James. Nick has four degrees to his name, is the co-director of Bond Centre for Professional Legal Education and the co-chair of the Council of Australian Law Deans, so it is unsurprising that he has a keen interest in legal education. Legal education traditionally consists of three stages, the law degree, practical legal training and the continuing legal education that occurs post-admission. Today, we are focusing on that final yet never-ending chapter of a lawyer's education. Nick James, thank you for joining me. My pleasure. I'd like to begin first by hearing about your legal career. I understand you practised in commercial law before you went into academia in 1996. Can you tell me about that chapter of your career? Sure. So um, I went to law school here in Queensland. Uh, I did my undergraduate law degree. Then back then, traineeships were called articles of clerkship. So I, uh, like many law graduates, did my articles with a with a law firm for a couple of years. It was a it was a two year uh, uh, duration back then. Uh, and then I found myself practicing law as a commercial lawyer for a couple of um, uh, medium sized firms. Um, I really enjoyed it, but my heart wasn't in it. So uh, when I was given the opportunity to um, have a go at teaching a class. I, I, I gave it a try and, and realized that the teaching was my passion. So I made the decision to transition from um, the practice of law to the legal academy and became a, a full-time academic. And I have a look back. <laughs> and what areas of law have you focused on in your life as a member of the legal academy? Um, I've traditionally focused upon teaching business law and commercial law, and I've written a few textbooks in that area. But my main passion when it comes to research and scholarship is legal education itself. So thinking about and writing about um, what it means to teach law, why we teach law, and, and how law is best taught to, to law students as future legal practitioners. Um, so that's that's been my passion for the last couple of decades, and it's, it's still very much my um, area of, of research focus. Yes, I think your passion for the importance of continuing legal education is is obvious based on everything that you've done. Um, legal practice encompasses an incredibly broad range of work and you can only cover so much in a four-year degree. What do you see as the biggest gaps between what we learn at law school and then what is ultimately required of us in the profession? You're absolutely right. The practice of law is so complex. There's no way that anybody can learn everything they need to know it in in only their uh, their law degree, even though it is a longer degree than the most other degrees at university, um, four degrees is, is barely enough to to get started. Which is why you know the good law schools focus less upon you know, covering areas of law and more upon teaching law students the, the the foundational principles and the foundational skills so that they can then leave law school, enter practice, and continue that lifelong uh, learning journey. Uh, which is where, of course, continuing legal education comes into it. Um, I think I think law schools have been working very hard for the last few decades to to better prepare law students for the practice of law. Back when back when I was studying law in the 
uh, mumble mumble 1980s <laughs> uh, legal education at most law schools was really doctrinal by which i mean it was it was extremely theoretical we we spent all our time in the classroom learning about cases and legislation and doctrine and principles and very little attention was paid to the development of legal skills or preparation for practice in fact um you know uh, uh similar to the uk model uh, legal practice was barely mentioned you know the study of law was an academic discipline um i think all schools have learned a lot and changed a lot over the last couple of decades, particularly since the, the, the Pierce report in the 1980s, which was really critical of the way law schools um, essentially failed to prepare law students for the practice of law. So most law schools uh, now take the time to ensure that not only do law students learn about the theory and the doctrines, but they actually start to develop their practical legal skills and they learn what the, the practice of law is about and what their professional responsibilities are as, as legal practitioners. So I think law, law schools have, have um, come a long way since since the time when I went to law school. I still think there's room for improvement. Of course, the, the, the legal profession is changing all the time and law schools have an obligation to keep up with those changes and ensure that the graduates that they produce are, are ready for, for contemporary legal practice. Um, lots of law schools are doing more and more when it comes to providing clinical learning experiences and focusing more and more upon developing not just practical legal skills, but also helping law students to develop a professional identity. Um, so the important point, of course, is that that learning journey doesn't come to an end once the student graduates and, and exits university and enters practice. They have to keep developing that knowledge, those skills, and, and building that professional identity across their entire career. And that's where CLE comes in. That's absolutely true. And if I can uh, go back to a very fundamental question in terms of uh, legal education post-law school, what's the difference between CPD and CLE? So CPD, Continuing Professional Development, tends to be um, uh, often a, a mandated um, set of learning experiences. So, for example, here in Queensland, of course, we have the, the CPD points, the, the, the system that's administered by the Queensland Law Society, and there are certain requirements that have to be met. Continuing legal education is more the general term about what happens once somebody leaves school or leaves university and, and, and continues their, their learning journey. Of course, in practice, we tend to use the two terms interchangeably. And if we can focus on CPD for a moment, for those who haven't experienced the March rush for CPD points, can you explain what the current obligations are for legal practitioners in Queensland? Yeah, happy to. So, I mean, for a long time here in Queensland and many other jurisdictions, there was no, there was no formal requirement for for continuing professional development. Um, and then a few years ago, of course, Queensland introduced its current system where um, law graduates who are legal practitioners have to accumulate 10 points per year, and that's essentially 10 hours of, of, of CPD. Um, and there are certain requirements about what, how those 10 hours are made up. So um, in Queensland, they have to do at least one hour of CPD related to uh, legal ethics, one hour related to practice management and business skills, and one hour related to, to professional skills. And then beyond that, how they fill up the other seven hours is essentially up to them. Um, and how it's monitored, how it's tracked is is essentially an audit process. So it's, it's almost a trust-based system that everybody's expected to do their 10 hours, and then there's always the chance that you'll be randomly selected um, and and your, uh, your, your, the extent to which you've met that requirement is, is actually checked. Yes, and as uh, the guru of continuing legal education, how do you think the CVD process could be improved, if at all? Uh, I think 
I mean, I, th- I think the system we have today is 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 an improvement over over what we used to have. I think the challenge that that we all face, whether we're in the academy or in the profession, is that while the reality is that when we become lawyers, the the the, the learning journey that we're on is a continuum, right? We go to law school, we get our degree. We then move on to the second stage, which you talked about earlier, which is meeting the practical legal training requirements, which for some people is a traineeship. And for a lot of people these days is doing a PLT program or a graduate diploma in legal practice. And then you move into that third stage where it's, you know, for the rest of your career, you're um, supposed to be engaging in some sort of continuing legal education. And the challenge is that those three stages are almost completely separate in that there's no consistency. There's no coherence between the three. You know, the first stage of law degree is is structured around, of course, the priestly 11, where the focus is upon covering those 11 prescribed areas of knowledge. Um, but, you know, along the way, hopefully you pick up a few practical skills as well. Uh, then you move into the second stage, the PLT stage, and it's all about developing um, mandated legal skills. Um, and then you move into the third stage, which is a completely different approach again, where, um, you know, there's some foundational minimal requirements that need to be met but beyond that it's the responsibility rests entirely with with the practitioner and there's no continuation between those three stages they don't speak to each other and so in an ideal world that learning journey that starts on the first day of law school and finishes on the day we retire as legal practitioners should have some sort of coherence and consistency so your, 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 your basic knowledge, your basic skills, your foundational identity as a practitioner is, starts to be developed in the first stage in the law degree, then it gets refined further in PLT and explained in a, in a kind of a workplace context. And then those themes, those foundational areas of knowledge and skills and identity are continued all the way through the, the, the CPD stage of the journey. Um, ideally, we, you know, the three the three stages of that lifelong journey will will uh, start to be reconciled if if all of the main players in those three stages, so the the universities and the PLT providers and the and the profession itself through the law societies, start to talk to each other and start to work together to come up with a coherent learning journey. Yes, and I'd like to discuss that a little more in a minute, but. Uh, as a starting point, why do you think that providing good and varied options, I suppose, for continuing legal education is so important for future-proofing the profession? Well, I think, I mean, because the, the practice of law is so diverse and there's so many different types of lawyers doing so many different types of legal work and so many different types of firms and organizations. And we have, you know, we have in-house cancer, we have new law, we have large firms, small firms, boutique firms, we have lawyers working for the government. And there's so many diverse areas of specialization that it becomes extremely difficult to provide a consistent learning, a single consistent learning experience once you get to that stage. I think in the early stages, you know, in the law schools, when we're laying the foundations, it's possible to have a you know, a general law degree because those foundations are essentially the same for everyone. But as you move into your career and you start to specialize, then your requirements start to look completely different. And if we're going to have a profession that's adaptable and able to change with changing social circumstances, then we need to have a, a system of education for, for continuing legal education that is diverse that recognizes the many different ways in which people practice law. What changes would you like to see to ensure better quality of CLEs that are relevant and helpful to the profession? Um, I think, I mean, not not, not that 
I don't want to disregard the fact that the, the system has been improved considerably in the, in the last few decades. But I think if we are going to continue to re- refine and improve you know, that the, the educational journey for, for legal practitioners, I think what I was talking about earlier, how the, the stakeholders need to start talking to each other more. So I think law schools obviously benefit when they engage with the profession and the profession has input into what law schools teach. That way we ensure that, that what law students learn when they're at law school is actually relevant and authentic. Um, but at the same time, I think that the profession would benefit from engaging more with the academy and engaging with professional educators when it comes to structuring CPD and continuing legal education. So I think the answer is exactly what I talked about before. It's about getting everybody talking talking to each other so that we have a coherent, consistent learning journey from law school to PLT to CPD. Yes. And how do micro-credentials um, fit into all of this and how are they relevant? That's a great question. So it's, it's micro-credential has become a bit of a buzzword in the last few years. It's um, on the one hand, it's it's simply another way of talking about short courses. So traditionally, CPD took the form of you know one-hour seminars or two-hour seminars or you know one-day or two-day workshops occasionally or or even conferences. So these short, sharp bursts of learning, um, and you could contrast those short courses, um, workshops, and seminars with the more structured postgraduate education that people would do at university. Um, so say doing a master's, uh, an LLM, or, or even a PhD for some people. And those were treated as two completely separate things. Um, and what we've seen now is the emergence of micro-credentials, which is still short courses. So they could still be a few hours or a day or a few days or even as long as um, a couple of months. But they're still standalone short courses. But at the end of it, you get a micro-credential. So not a degree or a diploma, but usually something like a certificate of completion um, that you can then keep track of um, and put on your CV uh, and and evidence provide evidence of your learning. How it ties into what I was talking about earlier, where I think the future of, of lifelong learning will involve the profession and the academy working together more, is that micro-credentials can often be designed in a way that they actually earn the learner credit towards postgraduate study. So rather than treating doing a short course over here for CPD is one thing and then making the decision to enroll in an LLM say is something completely different, it's going to become possible and universities and the profession are still working on this, but it's becoming easier and easier for somebody to do one or more micro-credentials, credentials, so short courses that actually stack up into credit towards postgraduate study. So you might do a series of micro-credentials over a year or two and then approach a university and say, look, here's what I've done. And the university can say, well, that actually equates to one or two subjects in uh, an LLM. Now you can keep continuing your your learning journey um, and do the other subjects and actually get a postgraduate qualification. So micro-credentials have become the mechanism by which those two traditionally very separate forms of learning can actually start to, to come together. When you do a short course now, um, it may be possible for you to actually, at the same time, be earning credit towards uh, a larger, longer postgraduate qualification. And speaking of that, I understand that Bond and the QLS have teamed up to offer the Foundations of Legal Practice program. Can you tell me a bit about that? Who's eligible, what subjects are offered, and those sorts of things? Yeah, sure. So this is this is an example of what I was just talking about, where 
the academy and the profession come together to work together to provide uh, a learning experience for, for practitioners that meets both requirements. It's both CPD and it also um, entitles um, learners to, to credit towards postgraduate study. So the QLS was already offering uh, a, a series of, of CPD workshops and videos and seminars that were designed for our early career practitioners. So we worked together, the Queensland Law Society and, and Bond University worked together to, to bundle those up and say, look, if you enroll in this micro-credential and you do these QLS CPD modules or units, then once you've done them across the two-year period, um, that will actually equate to um, two subjects in, in, in a postgraduate degree. So it's, a, it's an example of exactly what I was talking about, those micro-credentials that actually uh, satisfy both requirements, CPD and postgraduate study. And what what subjects in particular, what kind of things will people be learning in that course? Well, it's been designed around those those minimal CPD requirements. So there's a focus on professional skills, on ethics and, uh, and, and, and the like. There's also... Um, Students are given, or learners, sorry, are given access to um, some high-quality learning resources that have been developed by Bond University that refine your practical legal skills, whether it's drafting or oral communication or uh, negotiation or dispute resolution. So um, uh, it's, it's, it's a package that has been designed for recent graduates, early career legal practitioners who want to um, uh, continue their learning journey and, and sharpen some of their, their uh, practical and professional skills. Yes, and I know you've got a soft spot for Bond's Foundations of Legal Practice program, but what other resources would you recommend to young lawyers to continue their legal education post-admission, whether or not for credit? Well, that's one of the challenges that we have with CPD is that we're, when, when we're in law school, you know, it's very well structured. We're told exactly what we need to study and what we need to uh, do to pass. PLT is very similar. And then CPD, you're almost let loose and expected to work out for yourself um, exactly what you should be learning. Um, Micro-credentials give you some structure, but the reality is that there's a vast array of learning experiences available to legal practitioners today. Uh, my advice would be to get out there, do your research. There's there's so many interesting things that you can be doing, whether it's learning about um, uh, legal design thinking. So that's, that's a pitch for another Bond micro-credential, but that's an example of the sorts of interesting topical and uh, in some cases, cutting edge um, courses that you can do, whether it's through a university or through some other uh, short course provider. Do your research, um, speak to speak to your peers, speak to your colleagues, find out what they've, they've um, benefited from, and if in doubt, ask the QLS for assistance. <laughs> and what uh, separate to that, what practices would you suggest a young lawyer puts in place early to ensure that they build their career on strong foundations? Um, not so much a practice, but a mindset. It's getting past that that assumption that um, once you've finished law school and you've done your PLT, that that's it, okay? I don't have to study anymore. I've finished learning. I can just get on with being a lawyer. Um, that's, uh, that's a dangerous mindset. The reality is that legal practice is constantly changing. We all know that the law is constantly changing. Uh, society is evolving. New technology is coming along all the time. Um, and so it's important that we stay up to date. So we have to shift from that mindset of I, I, I learn and then I work and move towards a mindset of I am continually learning. I'm learning before I start work. And then once I start work, I have to continue this learning journey. Um, learning never ends. No. Um, and 
given your answer to my last question, I suspect I can guess your answer to this one, but I'll ask it anyway. Um, would you say that continuing legal education is more relevant for early career lawyers than seasoned practitioners, or do you think everyone should treat it as being integral to their professional life? Uh, as you probably predicted, <laughs> I can say that it, 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 this applies to everyone. I mean, the temptation is that once we've been in practice for a few years or a few decades that, oh, I don't need to keep up anymore. But of course, that's 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 simply not true. There's always more for us to learn, whether we've been in practice for a couple of months or a couple of decades, um, particularly at the moment with the, 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 the rapid rate of change that we're seeing, um, particularly around generative AI like ChatGPT and how that's impacting um, legal practice. So we all need to keep up. We all need to keep learning. <laughs> and with that in mind, what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self as he began his career? Um, do your research. There are more options available to, to law graduates than many of us realize. Uh, I, I, like many people, um, like many law students, kind of rode the conveyor belt into, into legal practice with a, uh, with a large law firm and uh, uh that works well for some people. It doesn't work as well for other people. I wish that I had taken the time to talk to more legal practitioners, find out what the wide range of options are that are available to, to law graduates and explore some of the more, the more unexpected or unknown ones. So do your research, talk to people, and you'll realize that the world is a much bigger and more exciting place than you perhaps realized. Nick James, thank you so much for joining me and for explaining all the options out there for lawyers to continue to be lifelong learners. My pleasure. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Callover, hit subscribe and please share the link with your friends. And if there's any topic you'd like to hear us discuss or person you think should appear next on The Callover, please get in touch using the contact details in the show notes.